Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two under two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. Today's episode is about Airbnbs that are always occupied. Even if they are unbooked for a night, there is always someone or something at these properties. That's right, today we are doing a Halloween special episode, and I'll be reading the creepiest, most bone-chilling, hair-raising, goosebump-inducing internet stories I could find about haunted Airbnbs. Grab a PSL, get the fireplace going, and curl up in your coziest loungewear, if you did. (laughs) Before we jump into today's episode, you know what's really scary? Paying full price for furniture. With Minoan, there's absolutely no reason to. As a short-term rental host, your listing is basically a living, breathing showroom. Over 200 brands, including Pottery Barn, West Elm, Wayfair, Samsung, Urban Outfitters, OXO, Helix, recognize how valuable it is to have their products in your place because it makes your guests that much more likely to experience these brands firsthand and want to purchase for themselves. Minoan gets you 40, 50, even 60% off of these brands and then gives you a custom shoppable site with commissionable links. So when your guests do buy the items they fall in love with at your place, you earn money on that. Minoan is completely free to host and there are never any monthly or annual membership fees. So head to the show notes under this episode for the link to join the Minoan experience today. Our first story comes from a host in the UK. She said, Occasionally, we get asked if our places have guests, quote-unquote. My answer is that your part of the cottage, no, but our part, which is the oldest part, hmm, seems like it. My daughters swear that our guest room has a full-time guest. They are not that happy to sleep in there, and when one did, she swears she got woken up in the night by the feeling of someone getting into the bed and lying down next to her. The house often has shadows pass over doors when no one is there, or the dog just stares into the corner, but only wags his tail, does not bark. It wasn't until my friend's young daughter, who has autism, went into the bathroom and started talking to someone who we couldn't see. I started to get a bit freaked. When questioned, she said she was talking to the man in the bath. We know the previous owners and quietly asked a few questions about the layout of the house beforehand, while not mentioning the man in the bath situation and it turned out that the bathroom used to be the bedroom of her uncle who died in World War I. His bed was where the bath is now. I must admit, I've never really relaxed in that bath since. His name was Will, and whenever we see or feel anything now, we just say, hi Will, and carry on. Our next story also comes from a host, but this time she was staying as a guest. She wrote, I stayed in an Airbnb that was an old farmhouse. It was on a secluded road and we were there in October. 
There was a chill in the air, and the evenings had that quiet early dark that makes them just a little extra spooky. We arrived around 9 p.m. The host left the lights on inside so it looked inviting and was easy to spot as we arrived with our dog in tow. As soon as we got in the door, I thought, oh, the lights are on because there is someone still here. It was that sort of feeling. I thought it might be a cleaner or someone working late. My husband actually called out, hello, anyone here, before I even said anything, so I knew he felt the same way. The dog, who was a great traveler normally, was super cautious, hanging back. We explored the house, and it was clear there was no one there, but we both, and I would venture to say the dog as well, felt as though there was. After watching some movies, we settled in. I picked one bedroom, but then changed my mind as it was really cold. We set up the dog's little bed in the corner, but we had a hard time getting him to lie down. He was anxious, kept wanting to go outside and sniff around the house, but only if we went with him. Odd. Finally, we all went to sleep. About 2.30 or 3 a.m., I wake up to a light going on in the closet. The light was a pull string, so I was very confused. The dog is going nuts, barking, cornering something under the bed. I think, ugh, is there a rat or something that pulled the chain and ran under the bed? But there is nothing. The dog won't let up. We get out our phones and crawl under the bed. Nada. We look all over the house, nothing. Eventually, we fall back asleep, but the dog keeps growling softly from time to time, which is not like him. The next morning, we discuss everything, and my husband says, I thought I saw you in the closet when the light went on, but then realized you were asleep next to me. That's when all the hair stood up on the back of my neck. I contacted the host and hesitantly asked if they had heard anything like this from other guests. The host totally denied it, and I felt like a weirdo for asking, but something was up for sure. So I just started talking out loud to what I felt was a lady ghost. I am not a believer per se, but this whole thing was just too bizarre to ignore. I said how much we liked her house and we were happy to stay there. Please don't scare my dog. Please don't wake us up if you can help it. We would be leaving the next day and we appreciated that she had such a beautiful home. My skeptic husband heard me and said, Oh, are you talking to a ghost? I think you should. I am freaked out and the dog won't leave my side. After that, it was like the energy in the house was less oppressive. We still felt like someone was there with us, but it was easier somehow. The dog was back to his old self and went running around the yard. He wasn't glued to us anymore. At no time did we feel threatened in this place, but it was very clear that there was something there with us. I didn't mention the experience in the review. I think the host was probably nonplussed that I asked her about anything off kilter in the first place. We own an old house too, and I would think a guest was trying to get a freebie if they said we had a ghost. So to this day, I don't know if it was just us. I would love to stay again and see if we have the same experience. Our next story comes from Reddit, where this guest shares the story of her staying alone in a haunted Airbnb. She wrote, First, a little background on the house I stayed in. The house was built in 1929 for the workers who worked for the copper mine in a small town in northern Arizona. It's a very historic town, but only has a handful of people in it. I like the town because it's so empty. The house is cute and small and is basically a square house with four rooms that all connect. The dining room, bedroom, living room, and kitchen. I was here on business. So on the first night, I was watching TV before bed in the living room. 
and all of a sudden the window to my right starts rattling as if someone was shaking it. It felt like five to ten seconds, so pretty long when you're startled and scared. I was staring at the curtain as the window was shaking behind it, but froze up to go check it out. I know it wasn't the wind because it was extremely windy all day, and that was the first time any windows made any noise at all. It was extremely loud and consistent the whole time it was shaking. It was only this one window. So I got super scared and froze and didn't move for a long while. I was looking around and really can't explain it, but I was seeing stuff move, like air was moving, but only in the dining room. There was air moving in all sorts of directions in there. I saw things in the corner of my eyes, but when I turned, nothing was there. I figured I was just being paranoid, and I probably was. It was just a very sensitive environment. I knew I had to sleep there that night, so I tried to brush it off, but was obviously still scared a little bit. I finally got the courage to get up and go to bed, and I called my boyfriend to keep me company. I had to wrap around through the bedroom, to the kitchen, to the dining room, to lock the back door. There was no way I was setting foot in that room, so I took the long way around. I honestly was too scared to even check the back door in the dining room. I checked from a distance to see if the door was locked, and it looked like it was, so I just let it be. I convinced myself I locked the door right after my run. Spoiler alert, it wasn't locked. I left all the lights on for bed and honestly didn't move my eyes off my phone until I passed out. I woke up the next morning and everything was fine, and I felt like I freaked myself out from it, just being an old house and stuff. I came back the next day after work around 5.30 and started making dinner. I sat down in the dining room to eat, and as a joke I was taking a Snapchat photo of the kitchen and began typing, so the Airbnb I'm at is haunted. Right after I took the photo, Snapchat thought I took a picture of someone's snap code, and that automatic pop-up noise happened to add friend on Snapchat. I was typing so fast I didn't see what it said, all I know is I hit the button and it added whoever popped up on the screen. I started cracking up, like it just added a literal ghost on Snapchat, lol. The fact that Snapchat recognized something was there was enough to make me freak out a little bit. Then I remembered how easily spirits can mess with technology and was convinced something was messing with me. So I posted my Snap story about what was happening. When I was taking pictures in the dining room, the window specifically, the camera was glitching out slightly. Like my phone was seeing what I saw the night before, that the air was moving. To the right of the window, slash curtain, it was very noticeably vibrating, swaying back and forth on my camera. Honestly, at this point, I thought it was cool and tried not to freak myself out. I just took the photo of the window and went about eating my dinner. I texted my friends what was happening, and then it just started getting really weird. At this point, I feel like the spirit noticed I acknowledged it enough to the point where it actually began to mess with me and it all just went downhill from there. I started to feel heavy, and as time went on, I realized I probably wasn't going to feel comfortable in there once the sun went down, so I decided to pack my bags and find somewhere else to stay. I felt like the spirit knew what I was doing, so they turned up the energy in the house. As soon as I decided to myself that I wasn't gonna stay any longer, I felt paranoid and heavy, and I feel like my eyes were convulsing in a way and seeing energy move, just like the night before. I can't really explain it. It felt like I could have been a house full of people, but it was just me. It felt really loud in my head, and I turned on music because I didn't want to hear unusual sounds and get freaked out. The bedroom was dark because I had all the curtains shut, 
but I was too scared to go into the dark room. I took my phone and tried to turn on my flashlight. The flashlight button was blacked out, like when your phone is dying and it won't let you turn it on. And again, I realized it was messing with my phone again. I run over to the light switch in the bedroom. I snapped the whole process of me packing and opening doors because I was so scared. I took more pictures but didn't notice anything weird about them like I noticed in the dining room. But then again, I almost stopped looking for more things to freak me out. So I packed my suitcase and put it on the floor next to me and start packing some other items when all of a sudden my luggage tag starts to ruffle as if someone was attempting to grab my suitcase handle. I was literally watching my luggage tag jiggle and move and I could also hear it so I knew I wasn't just seeing things in my head. I started laughing a little bit, like, really? This shit is real now. Whatever doubts I had about me just being paranoid before this moment ended at that point, and I was legit shitting my pants. I just wanted to get out of there. I also noticed high-pitched noises when I was in the bedroom that came out of nowhere and weren't there beforehand. I paused my music to confirm they were there. There were a bunch of background noises that seemed to multiply as time went on, and the more I rushed to get out of there, the louder they got and the louder it was for me mentally. Like I wanted to turn my music louder to drown out my own head. As soon as I walked out of the front door to my car, it seems as if it all stopped. Everything was fine, my head was quiet. It was like a portal of energy. I knew I had to go back in a few more times to load up the car, and I literally had to catch my breath and find the courage to go back in. Sure enough, As soon as I stepped back in the house, my head was pounding with noise again. It was like walking into another space entirely, where all of a sudden it was crowded and mentally draining. Since it was an Airbnb, I couldn't just leave the dishes there. When I decided I wasn't going to stay the night there anymore, I compromised with myself and said, okay, I won't sleep here tonight, but I'll come back tomorrow to do the dishes. But after all that stuff started happening, I knew I didn't want to come back the next day. The dishes were the last trip I made inside and I literally had to take a breather outside before going back in again because that's how exhausting it was to just set foot in the house. I finally gather up the courage to do the dishes and I go into the kitchen and as I'm starting them, I just start hearing stuff bang around in the laundry room. Like as if something fell off the shelf. There was a window in the door and I honestly felt like someone was watching me back there. I couldn't even look up to see. At my feet, there was stuff happening too, as if the bottom of my jeans were moving or there were mice running on my boots. I had to check a couple times to see if there was a breeze or if my jeans were just brushing up against something. Nope. But also, I don't know. Maybe I was actually shaking. I've never done dishes so fast. I got out of there ASAP. Some other things happened too that may or may not be me just being paranoid, but I'll put it here anyway. When I called my boyfriend to keep me company the first night as I walked to bed, I literally could not turn off the TV. None of the remotes were working, I just told myself to let it go and as soon as I walk away the TV shuts off. I brushed it off at this point but looking back, it could be the spirit messing with technology again. The bathroom door was on a slope and the night before it was bugging me how it wouldn't stay open as I was moving my toiletries in there. No big deal, but as I was packing to leave the door was staying open on its own at this point. Hmm. My dreams that night were very vivid, even though I didn't get much sleep at all. I did dream about the house and having a party, that there were 50 people whom I did not know. My Airbnb host got mad at me in the dream because I didn't tell her and I had to kick out all these strangers from the house. Again, not strange, but also, why am I dreaming of a bunch of strangers in the house I'm currently in? I was told a long time ago that if you're ever in a haunted place and don't want to be bothered, 
You're supposed to imagine a door shutting in your head. It closes off communication with the other side. I did this the first night when I went to bed and honestly just felt so much better, as if a weight was lifted. It didn't last long, that's for sure, but the fact I felt so much better after doing that was weird. Honestly, some other stuff happened too that did not make this story. Overall, it was creepy AF. The Airbnb was given five stars across the board and all reviews talked about how quaint and cute the place was. Indeed, it was a cute Airbnb in a quiet little town. But honestly, I believe I was the first one to stay the night there alone. I told my Airbnb host that my company sent me back to town for the rest of the week and I honestly don't even care to get my money back. I'd still recommend on Airbnb, but yeah, I personally won't be going back. I googled the town to see if there were ghost stories and sure enough, the place was littered with them. Apparently it was built on slash near an old Indian burial ground. Edit. New discoveries. So, as I was reevaluating everything, my pictures, videos, stories, I was thinking if anything else could have happened to convince me of this story. When I was packing, I had my Spotify going to help me calm down a bit. It was Spotify radio, so really anything in the Spotify world could have played at that point in time. Recognizing now that spirits, especially this one, can screw with technology, I had to evaluate the songs that were playing while in the haste of attempting to leave the house. The next day, I still had my Spotify radio up on that station, so I literally kept backtracking until I found the song that began playing when I first turned it on in the house. Now this is where it got creepy. If this doesn't convince you, I'm not sure what will. The song that was playing when I took my first video was Down in the Valley by the Head and the Heart. Look at these lyrics. I wish I was a slave to an age-old trade, like riding around on rail cars and working long days. I was in a mining town that literally was developed to accommodate the mining company, the employees, and their families. Since single men were forced to stay at a lodge, there was obviously a family that moved in this house specifically to mine. The head of the household was a miner who worked long days on the rail cars. Creepy. Call it one drink too many, call it pride of a man, but it still don't make no difference if you sit or you stand. Okay, so the spirit is a man with a drinking problem and quite possibly a temper? But down in the valley, these are the places where you'll find me hiding. These are the places I will always go. We were in the Verde Valley, and he's still here to this day, hiding in the valley. There are other questionable lyrics to this song that were playing in the background that freaked me out. Honestly, each song strings together to tell a full story, but I'll let you make your own assumptions. Here's the full playlist. Work Song by Hozier. This song is about a drunken man who's madly in love with his baby who made a mistake and lost her. When my time comes around, lay me gently in the cold, dark earth. No grave can hold my body down. I'll crawl home to her. Little Lion Man by Mumford and Sons. A man who made a mistake and is now heartbroken and lonely. But it was not your fault but mine. I really fucked it up this time, didn't I, my dear? Your grace is wasted in your face. Your boldness stands alone among the wreck. Ho Hey by the Lumineers. Again, about a man who did wrong and lost his family. So show me family, all the blood that I would bleed. I don't know where I belong, I don't know where I went wrong. Big Jet Plane by Angus and Julia Stone, about a man falling in love with a woman and wanting to take her for a ride on a big jet plane. She smelled of daisies, she drive me crazy. Gonna hold her, gonna kiss her, gonna take her away from harm. Bygone by Volcano Choir. This one's a little hard to interpret, the lyrics are a little strange. Basically sounds like a man who discovered his wife cheating and could have been mad enough to kill her questionable lyrics heard you promise me at the north end of monogamy 
Heard you scream others' hearts. It's time to up and die. Okay, creepy. Half Moon by Blind Pilot. This was the last song playing as I stood outside staring at this house. Sounds like a man who left his wife with some pretty questionable lyrics as well that I'm unable to determine. Did he kill his wife? Let's just say this lyric was the ultimate cherry on top of my truly haunted cake and was a nice farewell from the spirit. It's not hard to live like a ghost. I just haunt all that I've wanted and leave what I don't. I dreamt a trail up to the sky and my brothers build propellers just to see how far they'd fly. I'm obviously not a paranormal expert, so I really could be putting thoughts into my own head, but from what I've gathered, the spirit literally told me everything I need to know. Wow. I think the spirit was messing with me because I was a woman and I was alone. The Airbnb reviews didn't mention anything out of the ordinary, but the people who stayed there were always coupled up or with kids. I think I set the spirit off by being alone and vulnerable. I would also like to make it known that I usually don't listen to Spotify radio and usually don't listen to the folk section. When I went for a run that first night, something was very peaceful about that evening and I felt like listening to folk. Maybe the spirit was following me all along. Update. In the aftermath, I went to a psychic. Basically, I told her I experienced something this past week. That's all I cared to talk about. When I told her that, she said she could already feel the negative energy surrounding me. My roommate even had to leave the house because she felt the same thing. She began with the tarot cards and we discussed things about my personality and about my relationships, which TBH are directly related with the spirit, you'll see. And then the negative energy emerged. I told her I experienced a spirit in a house for two days. She explained it was a spirit and it's incredibly negative. She told me the spirit has latched onto me, but only halfway. She told me to avoid that house and even avoid the street. Do not go near that house. She tried to focus in on that energy with no luck. I had to think about the events that happened, so maybe he might emerge. I thought about the window shaking and immediately things came to her. She said he was deceased and did not die naturally. He was hurt really, really bad and quite possibly murdered in that house. He saw similarities in me that made him cling to me. He had the initials JM or had a name where J and M were in it, James maybe. He's been there a while. Decades, she said. I know by your personality that you are wanting to help this person, she said. Don't. Do not get involved. She told me that his wife quite possibly was cheating on him. That's when I started to freak out. I explained to her about the Spotify playlist and how I already knew that. I told her how I thought that he murdered his family and she said no, it's definitely the other way around. Somebody murdered him. I was so speechless because that means the songs were accurate and my story was accurate. She said that the spirit was refusing to talk to her or present himself. He knows that if he presents himself to her, she'll get rid of me completely. Scary. The spirit emerged in the house because of our similarities, which explains why no one who has stayed in that house experienced anything. She said I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. She recommended a spiritual cleansing, which I am getting tomorrow. I called my dad soon after to tell him what happened. I said I'm halfway possessed, lol. He told me not to come near him until I'm cleansed and asked if the spirit could interact with him through the phone. I laughed and was like, honestly, I have no idea, but this spirit loved technology so much I wouldn't be surprised. After I hung up the phone, he called me back and said, did you call me on your phone? Because your number is coming through as an unknown number. I messaged my psychic soon after asking if the spirit can interact with my phone, lights in the house, etc. She said yes, because he connects to all energy sources. 
I'm debating if I want to protect the Airbnb owner and tell her, but my psychic said after my cleansing, the spirit should be able to move right along and the house will no longer be haunted. I'm still trying to figure out how to break the news to her. Any suggestions? So yeah, as of right now, the spirit is still with me. Update. Cleansing and notifying the owner. Hello. So after this post, I really could not stop thinking about the events. I did not get much sleep that night as I was too scared. I slept on the couch with all the lights and the TV on, and as soon as I began to dream, I woke myself up. It's crazy to think this spirit would scare me to death. When the sun came up, I felt more comfortable to move to my bed and sleep for a while. This afternoon, my psychic called me around 1 p.m. She stated she just woke up as she was working most of the night to prepare for my cleansing. She wanted me to come in earlier than I planned. I went through my cleansing at her house and honestly feel so much better. I am not familiar with this process or any cleansing process, so I was not sure what to expect. She had three candles lit for me and explained there were four more that would be burning all week. She had a bowl and metal rod as well. She told me to close my eyes and state my name and date of birth. She began hitting this bowl. I'm not really sure as my eyes were closed and the vibration noises began. This went on for a while when I started to focus really hard on the events that happened because I really did not want this spirit near me anymore. As I was focusing on that and him, the vibrations began to get incredibly loud in my head. The noises seemed to travel back and forth from ear to ear and then it receded. She told me to open my eyes and that the session was complete. She gave me a small bottle of red liquid to set in my bedroom. It began to leak in the car. I hope this isn't a sign. She stated the cleansing would take place for the next week and that if all goes well, I won't need to see her again. She told me if all does not go well, I'll have to come in Saturday. Not entirely sure what that means, but she did tell me not to go near that house at all this week. After the cleansing, I felt incredibly exhausted. I could barely keep my eyes open, but as I got home, I started to feel much better. It was like a weight lifted off my shoulders. Telling the owner. So I decided to contact the owner and suggest we meet in person, but she was okay with me telling her over the phone. I told her I experienced stuff and that I think I came in contact with a ghost. I told her it was negative and he had attached himself to me. She didn't think I was crazy, so that was nice. She did say that there was only one woman who ever came to her about anything odd about the house, but that was it. I asked if she knew about the history of the house and she did not. She said they've owned the house for around 20 years. I believe she said there was a single woman who lived in the house before they bought it, but nothing was odd about it. She said she could possibly sage the house and cleanse the air, and I told her, please, no. My psychic told me there were steps I could take, but for right now, not try anything as we could anger the spirit. I basically told the owner that right now he's still active in the house and to be cautious, but after my cleansing, he'll be gone. She had a family stay this past weekend and she didn't hear anything from them. I'm hoping the ghost didn't make an appearance for them, and she doesn't have anyone there this week. I told her all the information I have, and she's going to do some research. I've tried to research all afternoon to see if there's anything I could find. The town is so small it may be near impossible. I emailed the historical society to see if they could research for me. Would love to get down to the bottom of this. As far as I know, I feel much better and safer. I don't feel like he is around me anymore. Thanks for your love and support. This stuff is crazy. Final update. After doing some digging, the historical society in the area confirmed there was a murder in the house in the 1930s, and at least two people have mentioned activity in the house. 
What the fuck? Our next story comes from Reddit as well and is called Something Strange is Happening at Our Airbnb. Rich will fuck with you, I told my girlfriend Julia while she held the board game box. The Airbnb we were spending the first part of our holiday break was nice. Our friends Rich and Sarah found it and invited us to join them for two days before we separated to celebrate Christmas with our families. The group wanted to unwind by bar hopping and relaxing before we returned home. A five-star rating and in the city's heart, the perfect place for us to drink and party. We had spent the afternoon doing that, and we had returned for the night when Julia found the board games. She looked through the collection, and the game pulled wasn't Scrabble, it was an old box holding a Ouija board. No, I won't, Rich joked. You won't be able to help yourself, I said. I know you. The three became intrigued as Julia laid the board on the coffee table. Sarah wiped the dust off of it and read the crumpled instructions and passed it over to Julia. I walked to the kitchen to grab a glass of water as I listened to Julia read the rules out loud. I'm not religious or superstitious, but I knew Rich couldn't help himself. He would move the piece around to mess with the girls to scare them. When I walked back into the living room, Rich already had a mischievous grin across his face. You sure you don't want to play? Rich asked. Positive. Don't be such a buzzkill, Sarah said. It'll be fun. I shrugged as I sat on the couch next to Julia while she folded the instructions and neatly placing the paper back in the worn box. The three placed their fingers lightly on the metal piece as I glanced over to Rich. He could barely hide the glee on his face when he got up to dim the lights of the room. Will you at least record the answers we get, Julia asked. I sighed and frowned. Fine. I retrieved a piece of loose paper and pen, sitting back down on the couch. Is there anyone here, Julia asked. We sat around the coffee table in silence, with the three fingers still touching the board's metal planchet. The light flickered for a second, a well-timed power surge that made Julia jump from her seat. Rich, I assumed, pushed the planchette to the top left corner. The word said, yes. What's your name? Julia asked. I watched as the planchette dragged across the board. I clicked my pen to write the letters on the paper. It slowed when it arrived at the letter T with a pause before it moved again to stop at the letter H. I turned my head to look over at Rich's face, trying to read whether he was the one pushing the piece around, but I couldn't tell, and if so, he wasn't showing it. I watched their hands move across the board to two more letters, the letters E and O. It stopped to spell the name Theo. Stop fucking around, Rich, Sarah snarled. It's not me, Rich responded. I'm barely touching it. Julia sat in silence and looked over at me. I shrugged. I still wasn't buying it, and I had convinced myself that it was Rich. He was already getting a rise from Sarah, which meant he would continue guiding the plancha. Julia went back to staring at the board. How old are you, Theo? she asked. Their fingers and planchette moved to the bottom of the board towards the numbers, stopping at nine. Rich lifted his fingers from the planchette and walked away for a moment towards the kitchen. The three of us glanced at the board. The girls were nervous but not scared. Rich entered the room with a beer in his hand. He popped the can, sipping his beer before placing his fingers again. I glanced over to Rich. Yeah, because you are making it creepy. I am not moving it, dude. He shot back. I swear. What happened to you, Theo? Julia interrupted our bickering. There was a pause as we all stood frozen, watching the board. The planchette moved again, but this time the motions were more frantic. I wrote each letter quickly before it would drag to another letter again. When it stopped, Julia leaned over to read the letters to see what they spelled. It said one word when I looked down. I felt a lump in my throat. 
when all the line said was murder. This isn't funny anymore, Rich, Sarah snapped. Stop it. I swear it's not me, babe. Julia was in thought. I could tell she was thinking about something, but I wasn't sure what. She focused on the board and curious of what was transpiring. She gave a glance to Rich, who looked stoic, then to Sarah, who had a look of worry on her face. I wasn't sure myself what was happening. Rich seemed serious that it wasn't him pushing the piece. Are you alone, Theo? Julia inquired. The planchet moved back to the top of the board, to the word, no. Sarah lifted her fingers quickly from the metal piece. She slapped Rich's arm and walked away. Rich looked annoyed, which led me to believe he might not have been the one doing it. That means Julia was the culprit? Maybe she wanted to play a joke on us? She was the one that showed the most interest in the Ouija board. Rich stood and walked after Sarah. I think maybe we need to call it a night, he said. I nodded and said, guess we'll see you guys in the morning. I heard the door to their bedroom close when I turned to Julia. I grabbed her arm and she fidgeted for a moment. Something was bothering her. Do you think it was Rich, she asked. Most likely, I replied, that he got annoyed by us accusing him. I'm feeling tired and ready for bed, she said. We headed to our room, leaving the board on the coffee table. My eyes opened to the sound of a thud from somewhere in the other room. When I turned over, Julia wasn't in the bed with me. I walked into the living room where the four of us were earlier. It was dark in the room, but something was different when my eyes adjusted. Someone turned the furniture over, all except the coffee table where the board laid. Hilarious, Rich, I yelled. I walked inside the kitchen, but no one appeared to be in the room either. Julia, where are you? I called out. I heard a door close in our bedroom and made my way back to the room. I saw no one as I walked around the bed and checked underneath it. I heard something stirring in the closet. It sounded like Julia's voice. Please, 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 she whispered inside. I stood outside the closet and knocked on the door. Julia, are you alright? I asked. Please, 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 she whimpered. Don't hurt me. I became confused as I put my hand on the door. Could Julia be having a nightmare? When I opened the closet, Julia was cradling her knees while rocking back and forth like a scared child. When I reached down, she let out a guttural scream. I stumbled back in shock as she looked terrified. I heard footsteps coming closer and turned to see Rich standing outside of her door. Rich, can you help me with Julia? I said, something is wrong with her. He didn't respond and just stared towards the closet at Julia. She screamed again and started to rock even more, muttering words that were inaudible. I stood up trying to move closer to her, but she swatted her hands at me. Something was really wrong with her. I turned to Rich and see something that makes me nervous. Rich, I ask, why do you have a knife? Next thing I know, the kitchen knife that Rich held scraped across my arm. The burn from my open flesh and the blood that streams my arm hits the floor. Rich had lunch for Julia as she cradled herself in the closet. I used my arm to shield my girlfriend as she screamed and cried in the small space. Rich lifted the knife again to strike at Julia when I pushed him aside as he fell to the floor. Rich, what are you doing? I screamed. Rich stood looking for the knife. He did not respond to my pleas. It felt he didn't even hear me or was ignoring me. When his hands grabbed the knife, I watched as he stared at my weeping girlfriend in the closet. His eyes were hollow. It was not the Rich I had known. He lumbered towards the closet, preparing to plunge the knife in Julia when she stood and ran from the closet toward the living room. Julia, call the police, I shouted. She did not respond. 
Rich turned to follow Julia in the other room. He ignored me. When he walked out, I tackled him from behind as his body folded, collapsing on the ground. The knife slid across the floor, far from his reach. When I lifted myself up, I saw a small trail of blood on the floor coming from Rich and Sarah's room. The blood started from the mattress with large stains of red. Whatever had happened to Rich started in there. Sarah, are you in here? No sign of Sarah, but I could listen to Julia shouting from somewhere inside the loft. I step over Rich's body lying on the ground. He let out a painful moan but remained on the ground. The sound of Julia's screams were getting louder and more audible, meaning she was close. I walked through the living room to notice another trail of red leading to the front door. Someone had left and the door remained open. Did Sarah manage to escape from Rich? When peering outside the breezeway, the blood trail led towards the fire exit. I stepped outside when I heard Julia screaming again, but this time she sounded more panicked. Daddy, Julia screamed, don't hurt me. Rich had cornered Julia in the laundry room next to the kitchen when I arrived to see her tears streaming below her eyes. Rich, holding another knife he had found with the same lifeless eyes from earlier. Julia fell to her knees and sobbed while Rich moved closer to her. I froze with terror watching Julia beg for her life. Something came over me. I found the courage and grabbed the nearest object in the kitchen. It was a pop-up toaster, not much of a weapon, but I didn't have time to go grab something more menacing. The crack of the metal and Rish's skull collided. He didn't even flinch, and a rage took over as I bashed the toaster against Rish's skull three more times. The third strike to the back of his head seeped red as he fell to the ground. Julia, still on her knees, looked at the unconscious body of her friend Rich. I knelt down to feel if he was still breathing. To my relief, he wasn't dead. Julia stood up and walked out of the room as if she was searching for something. Mom, where are you? Julia cried. She continued to yell throughout the rooms as her voice became more distant as she searched for her mom. I followed Julia as she was now in the living room. She seemed confused and worried when she stared at the front door. She cried at the sight of the open door running to it. Julia, where are you going? I asked. When she exited the apartment, it left me in a state of confusion of what the hell was going on. Julia's mother was at least a hundred miles away, not anywhere in walking distance. The way she was acting was troubling too. Julia was acting like a small child. I followed her outside the breezeway. She looked at the streaks of blood going down the fire exit. She followed the red splatters to the fire exit and pushed open the door. Sarah lay at the bottom of the stairwell, and she was bleeding badly from a slash across her chest. Mom, Julia cried out as she ran down the stairs. She had passed out right outside the fire exit. I could see the dried blood of her handprint on the door. The door said the alarm would set off if pushed, and unfortunately, Sarah had passed out before opening it. Julia shook Sarah and her eyes opened to smile at Julia. It relieved me to see that Sarah was alive. Sarah leaned over and kissed Julia on the forehead, leaving me even more puzzled. Where is your father? Sarah asked. He's in the pantry, Julia responded. He isn't moving. When watching this, I walked back upstairs to the floor above us to find someone to call the police. I tried to open the door when I realized that the building locked it from this side. My fist pounded on the door, hoping that someone would hear us and end this nightmare. The two girls below were still lying there when the three of us heard a door open. Thank God someone heard me, I yelled. We need help down here. I looked up the stairwell, and a drop of blood hit my face when I looked up to see Rish again. He descended the stairs slowly as the wound from his head had covered his shirt with blood. He looked even more terrifying, covered in crimson. I was looking for you too, Rich screamed. Please don't hurt us, Ted, Sarah screamed. It's too late for that. Just spare our son, Sarah continued. 
I finally had enough and ran back downstairs where the girls were laying and pushed open the door. The alarm went off buzzing loudly as I picked both Julia and Sarah's arms to drag them outside. The three of us now were outside and Julia looked confused. Why are we outside? Sarah screamed when she saw all the blood on her and Rich fell over when he exited the building. The police arrived shortly thereafter. It was an ordeal that none of us could explain. When I finally had my phone, I web-searched the address to see that 15 years ago, a father murdered both his wife and son. He had chased them down the stairwell, and when the mother tried to open the door, she found it jammed. It was a scandal for the property owners that their fire exit was faulty. Now I stand here outside this building, wondering how the hell this Airbnb got five stars, and trying to figure out what the hell just happened. And our final story is titled, A Haunted Airbnb and comes from Reddit user Boob5150. So last year, around November, I think, my girlfriend and I went to Indiana to visit her family. This was our first time ever going out there, so we find this cheap, nice little place. The house looked as though an old couple had lived there and left at the tail end of the 90s. VHSs, wood panel walls, generic 90s senior decor, the whole nine. Everything seemed normal. We get out there late on a Friday. I was up since 11 p.m. the night before, worked till 7 a.m., then drove 13 hours to Indy. As you can imagine, we were exhausted. So we get everything in the house. I plug my phone into charge. At this point, we realized the place was in the middle of absolute nowhere. There was no ambient noise, which kind of geeked us out. I put on a white noise app, set an alarm for the morning, and passed out. Now this is where the fun begins. I had a dream about being surrounded by a few friends standing around a door that led to a basement. All I remember in the dream was somebody opening the door to this basement and I heard a repeating voice saying, get out, get out, get out, over and over as my friends went down the pitch black basement stairs. I then woke up when I physically heard a loud, get out. I wake up and I'm freaking out. My girlfriend is passed out cold. I basically pass out from being scared. That's the only way I know how to explain it. I wake up a couple hours later, brushed off what happened as just part of my dream, take a piss, check my phone, see it's charging an almost full battery. It was a new phone, so the battery life was great. It was like 4 a.m., I'm laying in bed then, staring up at the bathroom, looking at the shadow of the door from the light in the bathroom. Suddenly, the shadow spins as if somebody walked in front of it. Yet again, I basically scare myself to sleep. We wake up, roll over to each other, and both stare at each other wide-eyed. The white noise app isn't playing anymore. I'm like, what the absolute fuck? I get up and my phone is dead. Here, the charger was pulled out of the wall ever so much that it was still in the wall but not far enough to charge. I speak nothing of the night before because I know my girlfriend and would be sleeping in my jeep for the next five days. So that day we go to the store to get food for the week. Come back and I run to the bathroom. After I come out, I can't find my girlfriend. Then I hear she's out in the garage. There was no mention of the garage in the Airbnb. I come out there and there are two air mattresses fully filled with air, a mudroom door that's nailed shut and another door. A door, I believe, goes to the basement. I'm standing by the door that goes into the house when my girlfriend decides to go open the basement door. I told her not to. Like I'm standing saying, seriously, what the fuck, don't open the fucking door because I just had a bad feeling. She opens it anyway and slams it shut quicker than she opened it. I could instantly feel a cold, heavy pressure in the room pass by me. We both look at each other completely pale. 
She looks at me and says there's a bunch of lights on down there. Like it was so bright she couldn't see the bottom of the steps. So we're pretty quiet for probably half an hour following that. We don't say anything else about it. The rest of the time we were in the house I was on edge, like constantly looking out of my peripheral. Following that, whenever I was standing in the kitchen looking 90 degrees or so from the living room, I would quickly catch a white figure on the couch and snap my neck to see what it was. For the rest of the stay, we felt very uneasy and had a few moments when we just felt like we had to move to a different room because the energy changed so deeply in the room we were currently in. One thing I did was take notice of which lights I left on and what doors I left open to certain rooms. I noticed that every time we came back, there were different lights on and different doors open and closed. Odd. But my girlfriend and I didn't say anything about what we saw or what we felt or my dream until after we left the house for good. At that point, she told me she would see a black figure of a man in the same place where I saw a white figure, which I felt was a woman. She also felt that heavy pressure leave the basement, and for some reason, she was intensely drawn to the basement and wanted to go back and go down into it. Honestly, the most messed up stuff started to happen when we got home. We're both 99% certain that whatever was in that house followed us home. Give me a little time, I'll post what happened once we got home and some separate comments under this. Things have been happening pretty consistently up until the last maybe three weeks. It's been pretty quiet lately, but we're about due for a flare-up again of activity. I'll post what's happened to her, what's happened to me, and what's happened while we've been around each other at the same time. So I'll continue on with what's happened to me since we've come back. Nothing really happened for the first couple weeks. We didn't really put any thought into that maybe the spirits or whatever they were followed us. It was probably two weeks after we got home, I noticed the first odd thing. I was sitting at my girlfriend's house by myself. Her mom had taken the dog for a ride to go pick up my girlfriend's brother. My girlfriend was on her way home from work. Her dad was at his friend's house. The only things home were her five cats and a bunny. I'm sitting in her room on the couch. Across from the other couch is a huge teddy bear. No word of a lie. This freaking thing ripped ass at me. Like it was the most distinct sounding fart I've ever heard. Naturally, I laughed because I thought it was the dog, until I remember the dog wasn't there. So I check all over the room and not even the cats were in the room. Pretty weird, but comical, I guess. So then comes the following weekend. I'm again at my girlfriend's place. We ran and got pizza at some place near her. Now a little background, she lives in the woods, like nobody around type of woods. We pull up in her driveway, shut off the car, and I go to get out. All I hear is this distinct voice say my name. It was a very obvious woman's voice. I stopped dead in my tracks and I asked my girlfriend if her mom was outside. She was asleep inside. My girlfriend didn't hear it. She could tell I was a little bugged out. Since then, when I was trying to sleep at any time, I would just feel this energy or presence walk into my room. Like, almost like static in a sense. And you could feel it. Walk through my doorway, up next to my bed, it absolutely freaked me the fuck out for months, but for some reason I always felt this presence was a woman, an older, mature woman at that. Instantly I think back to the figures I saw in that house in Indy, a white figure of what I thought was an older woman sitting on the couch. This is when I start to realize that whatever was in that house came back with us. So a month or two goes by and nothing odd happens to me directly outside of the unsettling feeling whenever I try to sleep. I work night shift and my house has a weird garage door. Sometimes it closes all the way, sometimes it randomly stops halfway. Well, one particular day I remember closing it and watching it close all the way. I woke up at like 4pm or 5pm that night before work. 
I went down to my garage to take some pictures of car parts I was selling. I walk into the garage and every light is on. The door is fully open and nothing was taken. I call my mom and ask if she was home at all. She hadn't been home since before I was even home. I could instantly feel that same presence that I felt when my girlfriend opened the basement door. Just very heavy pressure. A couple days go by and I notice my mom must have been picking up on things. One of my kitchen cabinet doors was wide open when I came home from work. She walked out to the kitchen, went white, and asked if I opened that. I said no. She looks at me pale as fuck and says, I know I closed that door. She hinted that some weird shit was going on, but has never told me anything else, and I honestly don't want to ask her. I finally shook that feeling of something next to my bedside, though. Around March, my grandfather passed away. I kept some of his ashes in a silver bullet that I wear as a necklace. Whenever I would feel that presence coming around me, I would clutch the silver bullet and I could feel the presence back off. Not too long after that, we tore up the floor in my basement of my house. Following that, I could feel some energy in my downstairs when I would be down there, regardless of time of day. My girlfriend feels it too. I didn't put much more thought into it until one day when I was leaving for work. I looked down my steps and saw a black figure peeking from around the corner of the downstairs. Since then, I haven't experienced anything else happening to me. My girlfriend, though, has experienced even more. I'll get to that one separately here as I get the chance. Alrighty, sorry for the delay. Well, since you got the background of it and now my part, I guess I'll tell you my girlfriend's side of it. So she still lives with her parents and older brother who has some conditions mentally, along with all the animals I described earlier. The night the teddy bear straight up ripped ass at me, she told me something else had happened that day. Earlier on in the day, she heard the sound of somebody jumping on the bed in her brother's room above hers. She yells up to him to stop and the noise stopped. After she left to go to work later on, she called her mom and said that everything was good at the house except her brother was jumping on the bed again. Her mom tells her that her brother had been gone with his social worker since 7am, so nobody was home other than her. So now following that, she's at work. I'm just heading up there at this point and it's over an hour drive. Her mom was in the living room when she heard this huge bang from my girlfriend's room. She goes up running in to find that her shelf that had been up there for months had collapsed with nothing more than a PS4 and a coaster on it. What was weird is you can see where it was forcibly ripped out of the wall instead of just not being anchored right in the studs. That freaked her mom out pretty good for the night. So a week or two goes by. I work night shift from 7pm to 7am and I get a text from my girlfriend super late at night. She texts me and tells me that in her room, which is pretty dark other than the light from her TV, she can see a shadow figure in her room by her bedroom door, like a blacker, black silhouette of what she feels as a man. She said she could feel the energy in the room get almost static, electric, like how I felt after I came home from there. At that point, we both knew whatever it was came back with us and that it might have been more than one spirit. She has seen this figure on and off for weeks, sometimes even outside her house. Well, it scared the absolute shit out of her. It started to get over the top after a few weeks. Suddenly, she could feel hands on her at night, like on her legs, stomach, even her hair. Just a short, quick touch as the Upota rushed against her. This happened at any time of day. Though it did in fact stop after one event, one night, while I was staying over, we could both feel the energy come into the room. I told her previously that I'm not just going to let some ghostly energy cop a feel on my girlfriend. Well, it did again. No bullshit. I get up out of bed. She says she could see him. I couldn't, but I knew where to look. Well, 
Against probably all better judgment in the known universe, I told this shadowy figure to basically pound all the sand right back to wherever it came from. In my defense, I was woken up at 3.30am after being up for like 20 plus hours, and I mean, I wasn't having any of that. Ironically, this was all before the real activity started happening at my house, so I guess it got me back there. So after that, my girlfriend would keep hearing people call out her name from time to time when nobody was around. She would see things out of the corner of her eye once in a while, too. I still catch things out of the corner of my eye once in a while. Nothing serious happened until after her grandmother was diagnosed with cancer. After that, they started clearing out an extra bedroom that had mostly been storage because they were going to move the grandma back in. One day, while I was on the phone with her, I could hear something bang in the background of the call. It came from that room. A small jewelry dresser, I guess you could call it, probably stood about three to four feet tall. Her and her grandmother had just left the room a couple minutes before and closed the door behind them. No animals were in the room, and this dresser just fell over. Nothing was around it. It stood very sturdy. Not only did it fall, but it had been flipped onto its top. Physically, no way that an animal could have even done that. The thing probably weighed 30 pounds or so. Naturally, she freaked out about that. That one sure as shit freaked me out, too. She still kept hearing voices, and she kept hearing things in that room. Some old toys would randomly play in there, but that could have possibly been the cats too. Now right around this point in time, I had lost my grandfather, so the few weeks following were a blur, and I don't remember offhand if she told me about anything else that happened. But as of the last maybe three or four weeks, we haven't experienced any more activity after one last event. A few weeks ago, we were at my garage pretty late working on my Subaru. I had her and her cousin working on the physical car while I was tearing down my engine, so you can imagine I had the impact going. This was about 1, 2 a.m., my garage is in the middle of nowhere, and the owners recently split so nobody was staying at the house that sat on the property. I was using the impact when I could hear this yo, yo, yo yelling from outside, stopped, and looked out both the front and rear of the place because I was sure shit somebody was there telling me to cut the shit. Nobody, not a soul. Well, maybe a soul, but not a body. This happened three more times until I told them to pack it up and go home. The next night, we come down to get further along. I heard it again once. My girlfriend wasn't feeling great and decided to go sit in the car. She came back after a few minutes and said she didn't want to sit out there. She wouldn't tell me why. After I was done, I had to run home to get some stuff. Before we got there, she told me that she felt like something was in the back of the car. I could actually feel something behind me, like it was breathing ever so lightly on my neck, and then would switch to her. I shined my flashlight back there and nothing. She said she could see a figure move across the back seat a few times. We get to my house, I run in, and she's visibly scared, so I made it quick. As I'm in there, she's texting me to hurry, hurry, hurry. I get my shit together as fast as I can and run out. She had the music blasting. She said even with the music on 10, she could keep hearing this voice telling her, get out, get out, get out, over and over, the same thing I heard in my dream at the house. As of right now, that's the last of the activity that's been happening. I'm expecting it to flare up again soon because it does that, it seems. I'll definitely update this if anything happens. We're expecting to go back to Indiana soon, but not that same house. We might make a drive-by, though. Final update. Hey everyone, it's the girlfriend here. Figured I would update everyone on what's going on since he didn't. There's still constant activity going on. I've tried many things to make it stop. I've driven past the house, burnt sage, all the way to straight up telling this thing to go away. Now offhand, I can't tell you guys every little thing that's happened in the last couple months, but here's the thing that really sticks out. 
I can still hear it call my name on occasion. He's appeared about three, maybe four times. About a month or two months ago, I was home alone around 1 p.m. watching Netflix. I hear a bang on my bedroom window. Now let me explain this bang. A large hand banged against the window with all its power. It was loud. I jumped up, as did my dog. Ran outside to see who the hell it was, bringing my dog, of course. Big, mean-looking German Shepherd, thinking she would scare off someone if they had bad intentions. There was nobody there, not a soul in sight. I live in the middle of nowhere, dirt roads and woods all over, so there wouldn't be anywhere for a person to hide in the matter of seconds it took me to run out. I got scared as hell, grabbed my dog and my keys and left the house. I got in the car and while driving away, I got that feeling again of someone in the back seat. A heavy, disturbing feeling of something behind you, but when you look, you see nothing. Jump ahead a few hours, I go home and nobody was there. Nothing missing or out of place. Two weeks ago, I spent Sunday to Thursday at my boyfriend's house since his mom was on vacation. As you all know, he works night shift, so I was there alone from 7pm to 7am. Sunday night and Monday night were fine. Tuesday night, I felt super uneasy, like waiting for something to pop out at me. Wednesday night, it was around 11 or 12 at night, and I went into the kitchen to grab a drink. While I'm walking down the hall, I notice, sitting in the recliner, a figure sitting facing the kitchen with what all I can explain is a full head of white hair. I freaked out, but I was there alone in the middle of the night and tried not to think about it. I told him when he got home, but we both just let it go as this is not the first time I have seen something. So on to Thursday night, around the same time I walk into the kitchen to grab a snack. As I turn into the kitchen, I see him, tall dark shadow figure. Again, I go about what I was doing and give it no attention. I didn't sleep that night and went home the next day. Since then, nothing has really happened. Next month, we are going to one of our friend's houses. She's having a medium over and doing a tarot card reading. Maybe the medium will pick up on whatever the heck has been attached to me. TLDR. We booked an Airbnb and kept the owner's ghosts when we left. <laughs> With that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye! Bye. Bye. Bye.